Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. You can also visit The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If God is willing, as the calendar changes to 2022, approximately 45% of Americans will resolve to make a change in the upcoming year. Most will resolve to lose weight. Others will endeavor to better organize their lives, spend less money, quit smoking, or spend more time with their families. 25% will give up by the end of the first week, and only 8% will achieve their goal. What this tells us is a life change is difficult to sustain. However, a stated commitment to change is far more likely to succeed than either a half-hearted or an impulsive attempt. So if you are contemplating goals for the upcoming year, have you given thought to how to improve your spiritual well-being? Before we get into this, please help me out. I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach as many people as possible. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please hit subscribe and that little bell icon to receive updates when I upload new content. If you're listening to the Gospel Saves podcasts on Apple iTunes or Spotify, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating and writing a review. When you do one of those simple things, you help the big tech algorithms notice the Gospel Saves content. I can't do this without your help, so please help me preach the good news of Jesus to as many people as possible. All right, so let's talk about establishing good spiritual habits for this upcoming year. In Psalm 90, Moses meditates on the brevity of our existence. As he considers the majesty of creation, he remembers... Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. To God who dwells in eternity, a long span of time to man, say a thousand years, seems like a day. The lawgiver also contemplates the difficulties of human existence. Time passes swiftly, and its days are filled with evil. As young people, we may feel invincible, but we finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. So teach us to number our days, Moses asks God, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number our days? In the context of the passage, it seems that Moses is urging us to be aware of the passage of time. No one understands this better than the elderly. Three of my four grandparents have lived into their 90s, and I have gained many elderly acquaintances through my work in the church. The days are long, but the years are short, is a sentiment I have heard expressed more times than I can count. Because Moses has gained a sense of time that only the elderly truly understand, 
He also understands the need to be actively aware of how quickly the days add up. These thoughts have hit home recently. I turned 45 back in September. If the average life expectancy of an American man is 76.1 years, as we are told, I am well over halfway to that mark. Moses says that's about what I can expect, and if I am fortunate, I may have a little longer. Now, 30 years sounds like a long time when you're 18, but when you're 45, it's really not much time at all. And that sense, I am told, only grows as we age. Now, it's tempting to ask, how do I want to spend the next 30 years? But with what life I have lived, I can see that such a question is really impossible to answer with any specificity. Life has a way of unexpectedly changing course so dramatically that what I envision for five years from now may be radically different than how life actually plays out. This has led me to a helpful insight. I can be very specific with short-term resolutions. But the farther out I look, the more general my expectations should become. Returning to Moses, here is the lesson we should draw from his prayer. The clock is ticking. Life is short. It's full of twists and turns, and not all of them are pleasant. We need to be aware of the passage of time and make the most of it. Paul counsels us in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. There are several key perspectives we can draw from this verse. He describes the Christian life as a walk and does so throughout the book of Ephesians. Walking implies a consistent and deliberate approach to life that is best suited for a long journey. Paul tells us to walk circumspectly. To be circumspect means we examine what we are doing from many different angles, to consider many different factors when making decisions, to resist monocausal explanations or justifications. Like Solomon, Paul shuns folly and urges us to embrace wisdom, wisdom gained from experience and wisdom gained from heeding God's word. He then tells us to redeem the time. The Greek word translated redeem means to rescue from loss or to buy up. Our days can be used for evil purposes, which is another way of saying a lost time or lost days. Other translations say make the most of your time or take advantage of your time. As we number our days, we should seriously consider how we can rescue our time from meaningless and purposeless activities. What I have discovered is, even when I think I am busy, I have more time than I can see. My granddad used to say, if you want something done, ask someone who's busy to do it. There's a reason why some people have all the time in the world. And there are people who say they have no time. But in a lot of cases, they just say that to make themselves feel better about how they spend their time. Here's what I have noticed. Those who manage their time well rarely say, I have no time, or I was too busy to do that. Rather, they say things like, 
I chose to use my time in other ways, or other things had to take precedent, or I had to prioritize my time differently, or when it's the most important thing on my list, I will get to it. Part of learning to number our days and redeeming the time requires us to assess the quantity of time we have and weigh how the quality of our time is spent. It's easy to find ways to fill our time, but we should not interpret busyness as a virtue. We can busy ourselves with any number of activities without worth or value. What we do with the time given to us is of greater importance. Nevertheless, I am persuaded that most of us have more time in our days for meaningful activities than we tell ourselves. Charles Spurgeon, the esteemed English preacher of the late 19th century, illustrated it this way. Select a large box and place in it as many cannonballs as it will hold. It is, after a fashion, full, but it will hold more if smaller matters be found. Bring a quantity of marbles. Vary if any of these may be packed in the spaces between the larger globes. The box is full now, but only full in a sense. It will contain yet more. There are interstices in abundance to which you may shake a considerable quantity of small shot, and now the chest is filled beyond all question, but yet there is room. You cannot put in it another shot or marble, much less another cannonball, but you will find that several pounds of sand will slide down between the larger materials, and even then between the granules of sand, if you empty yonder jug there, there will be space for all the water and for the same quantity several times repeated. When there is no space for the great, there may be room for the little. Where the little cannot enter, the less can make its way, and where the less is shut out, the least of all may find ample room and verge enough. As you endeavor to redeem the time because the days are evil, I encourage you to consider that you may have more time than you can see, and that time may be filled with meaningful activities. As you think about the year ahead, let me suggest a few things you can do to improve your life in the short and long term. Carve out a little time for the Bible every day. One of the benefits of modern technology is that we can carry a library in our pocket or purse everywhere we go. There are many free Bible apps for both Android and Apple phones. Download one of those apps and make a point to read the Bible from it every day. Or, if you're not a reader, there are audio versions of the Bible you can listen to while cooking supper or driving to work or mowing the lawn. Make those mundane activities more worthwhile by injecting Scripture into your day. Remember, when you read or listen to the Bible, you are listening to God. He is speaking to you through the pages of this wonderful book. And the only way to really know Jesus is to read about Him in the pages of the Bible. But don't just listen to God through Scripture. Talk to Him in prayer. Faithful people like Daniel and Jesus made prayer a part of their daily routine. And just like making time for the Bible, you can make time for prayer out of the dead zones in your day. Pray in your car while you're driving to work, or in your cab while you're plowing your field, or early in the morning when the house is quiet with sleeping kids, or late at night when the cares of the day are weighing on you. Trust me, 
There is no distraction you can come up with that will help you cope with life more than prayer. Fill your prayers with thankfulness and gratitude. Keep a prayer list of friends and acquaintances going through tough times. Pray for our nation. Pray for your own troubles. Ask God for wisdom. You have the time, and I guarantee it will be time well spent. And if you've gotten out of the habit of going to church or you've never been to church, I encourage you to make a little time each week to worship God. There are a lot of churches to choose from, and unfortunately, not all churches follow the Bible as closely as they should, so you should be very choosy. Don't be distracted by all of the ministries or the music or the catchy slogans or gimmicks. Remember, a lot of churches in America have sold out to business-like approaches that are completely foreign to the New Testament. At the Church of Christ, we try to follow the Bible as closely as we can. We're by no means perfect, but we endeavor to be the church we see in the Bible in all of its simplicity and authenticity. Make some time in your week to worship God and find a church that teaches the Bible and follows it as closely as they can. Remember the promise of Scripture. If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. So find time in your days and weeks to strengthen your soul and connect with your Creator while you still have the time to do so. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,